that beanbag last week. I was <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I won't play with anything this time. If I yeah. do, just call me out on it. <laughs> and that ba- that beanbag is for medical purposes. It's for uh, medical purposes, eh? It's a, it's a heat bag. Yeah. You know, you put it in a microwave and you put it on your shoulder, knee, whatever's hurting, and it like relaxes your muscles. Well, you know what I like to do? Relax my muscles. Oh, oh shit! It's a Saturday, baby. It's day drinking time. It's day drinking time. We ain't doing no coffee stick because it's a Saturday. I and all I got to say, it's a Star Wars. We're on our way to indoor. There's an Ewok knocking at my door. And there's no time to be bored because it's a Star Wars. That's beautiful. There man. we go. That's Welcome amazing. to the Patrol Cinecast. We just got a sneak peek at yeah. John's new EP. It's my new uh, album I'm dropping, and it's just it's gonna be so good. Uh, this is your host, Jonathan Boster here. I'm with my uh, you know, every week, the same guy. Yeah. It's the same the boy. One. This uh he's back to boy. Oh yeah. I with the man. The dreamt of being a lost boy. Yeah. And then it's like OSW, you made your way into the boy stable because like you took care of this week's episode again. Because if you no, read no. the episode title as you were clicking on this bad boy that you're listening to right now, you know what it is. And you know that this guy is the only guy <laughs> that can be trusted to handle these episodes. Good. It's Star Wars man himself, <laughs> Phil. How's it going, Phil? Not bad, man. <laughs> um, tired. 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 It's been a long week of like, a lot of manual labor. We did a, we like redid the garden. Okay. So we like, we got these trellises. I think that's what they're called. Like, you know, those weird ladders. Yeah. Um, painted those, like cleaned them, sanded them out, painted them, got some fairy lights, strung them around. It looked really nice at night. Damn. And so. we got some new plants. We got a parasail, but we didn't get a parasail base. So it keeps falling over. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta um, get one of them. And we had, uh, we have, we have a couple of trees and one of them was getting really big and hanging over our neighbor's yard. Yeah. And he was getting all pissy about it and like really, you know, passive aggressive. He was like pushing the branches over the fence back to our side. And we were like, we'll, we'll deal with it. And we just kept cutting bits off it. And, and it looked more and more stupid. So we just ended up having to cut the tree down. Jesus. Wow. And then I've been spending the last few days soaring because you can't get collection to pick up that, pick that shit up. Yeah. You have to go take it somewhere, but I don't know. London's really bad for that. I mean, exactly. So I've had to, I'm going to cut it up. Well, I've already done it. Like I spent all of yesterday cutting up the branches and the bark and like cut myself to shit. Like I had literally one like split and it go really deep into my arm. It, it, it was like, I looked down and it's just a hole my arm and it wasn't bleeding but it's like a kind of scary i can still see it man you better watch out there's gonna be a tree growing out of there soon oh that'd be cool <laughs> yeah like a whole a little, farm. little group coming out anyway that's been my week so i'm tired i'm well rested and ready to you know travel to a galaxy far far away I did. how are you how was baseball Baseball. I'm glad you asked, man. I is so hyped for the return of baseball. It's finally come back because yeah. of coronavirus. 
nightmare. They got four games in, and then one of the team had literally like 17 players go down with coronavirus. Really? <laughs> it was Holy particularly shit. like this one team, the Miami Marlins. So, uh, and then they played, yeah, I think they were up in yeah Philadelphia, and uh, there was concerns that they passed it on to the Phillies players. So the Phillies like had to cancel some games. Marlins have canceled some games and then a few God little damn. coronavirus cases popping up around the major leagues. So it's kind of like, is the season actually going to happen? Yeah. Are they just going to call this whole thing off soon? Uh, I've seen their cardboard cut out the fan they have in, there, <laughs> yeah. in the seat, which is really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Is that weird? It, I mean, it's all right. Like wrestling, right? To be Not honest, proud. I kind of hate the crowd at baseball games. Like they're the worst part of baseball games. Hey, bada, 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 bada. Yeah, or or the you always have the asshole with the air horns or something. It's just like, yeah, oh, it's fuck's like a football sake. game. Like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. But uh, yeah, we're gonna, I mean, we're, everyone's going to be here for seven hours. Just be quiet. <laughs> Get drunk like a normal. Person. Uh, I'm fine for like a good buzz in the crowd. It's just like I hate the like the aggro baseball fan. That like gets all amped up and hyped up and screaming and hollering and then Ooh, maybe ringing a yeah. cowbell or something. It's just like, yeah. dude, shut up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fine. I mean, they're pumping in crowd noise, which is really weird as well. I, yeah, so WWE started strange. doing that with their last few pay per views, and yeah. I don't, I really don't like it. Yeah, it's strange. So, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. I mean, baseball, it might not happen. It's, <laughs> it's literally a field of dreams right now. Ah, <laughs> <gasps> there we go. Uh, great movie um, yeah I mean next week <laughs> <laughs> apart from that how, yeah. how are you no I'm alright man I've been chilling the beginning of this week was like pretty <laughs> weird I know I was there yeah okay, so <laughs> yeah uh, but after that weird weirdness I started to chill out a little bit more hanging out in the garden the last couple of days it's been hot as shit and get my tan on you got sunburned to shit dude well i'm not sunburned i'm just tanned like um <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago ralph you know he's doing that what's it called drag me out of here the yeah the drag drag race escape room thing and uh go check that out drag me out of here i think if you use the code unicorns you could see if that still works they'll give you a discount as well uh, but yeah, I was sitting out and I just start realizing that I was like, I look like one of these characters cause I helped Ralph <laughs> out with like some of the character designs in the game. Uh-huh. And, uh, there was like this thing where I was doing this like tan, like, you know, you had to match like the character's tan to the article of clothing <laughs> that was on the ground. And it just made me feel like I'm one of those characters cause I'm so white where I've just been wearing shorts and like a t-shirt. So it's just, it's pathetic, man. But, uh, Dude, it's good. It would. It would kill her yesterday. It fucking heat wave. Yeah. It was like we went out. We did like a little picnic in the park, and we lasted like an hour. And we had to go home. It was mm-hmm. unbearable. And I'm just like I normally am, all in black, <laughs> black jeans, and a black t-shirt. And I'm just like, oh, like sweat and balls. Yeah, man. Just Hard trying not to pass out. <laughs> but that's what I do. Yeah, man. Well, you know, it's good to see the return of the hot weather. We'll see how long that lasts. There's a lot of things returning. It's the return of In many this things. It's another ding yeah. thing. Every time I say return. Yeah. Because I was looking over my notes before and it, it, was, it was not intentional, but there's a lot of people coming and going, returning, <laughs> yeah. revenging. Great. You'll see. Everybody yeah. listening, you'll see, hopefully, unless you've already turned off because you're not interested in gardening or baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tuned into the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this mamma jamma, what is sure sure to be a mamma jamma. Big potatoes, sure. big potatoes. Big, big large potatoes. Uh, is that, you know, Prince Charles Cinema, there's some news coming soon about opening status. You know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, a lot of weird stuff's going on in the United Kingdom right now in terms of, uh, you know, places being able to open and all that and cases going up so we'll see what happens but uh you know there's some news coming soon so be sure you check the emails if you're on the email list or check out our social media or just princecharlescentum.com we'll have the info there uh but before we open you can always help us out like we've been saying the last couple months buy a membership buy a gift certificate uh buy a gift memberships for your friends and pals we're gonna have have some merchandise coming soon as well so you can help us out while we're waiting to open we're gonna need your help and hopefully you can help us out but yeah man uh last week's episode was really fun it was fun to finally talk about hook officially on the podcast really beefy episode i cut out like probably 20 minutes of that bad boy it was so long such a long one so much love for hook and uh Dante Basco as yeah. uh, Rufio and Robin Williams. And we're not done, man. We're not done? Uh, hook is going to come up a little here. Uh-oh. Uh, it's a nice transition. Before we even get into it, I've been re-watching uh, Broad City, right? So Yeah, this, man. Since we've done the Hook episode, I've had like that line, oh, there you are, Peter, like stuck in my head. And I said it this morning. I came out of the bathroom. And my cat was right at the door. And I was like, oh, there you are, Stevie. And my (laughs) wife heard it. She didn't say anything to me about it. But then we were sitting down watching Broad City this morning. And there's this episode where Abby ends up like hooking up with her uh, her old high school teacher. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, And he's like, you know, (laughs) turns out he's a bit of a creep and, you know, sort of like, oh, I liked you back in the day when you were a kid and stuff. And it was really, really (laughs) weird. And uh, he's sitting on top of her, basically, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna like, you know, I have to teach you a lesson, blah blah blah. You know, you've been bad." And he like pushes her face back, and he's like, "Oh, there you are, Abby." <laughs> and like we both just oh, no. completely lost it. And she was just like, "Oh, I heard you saying that to Steve earlier." <laughs> I met like, you better when you were a kid. Yeah. Hook, that's messed up. That's ruined that line, though. What a great Hook reference, though, because Hook rules. Always has. Always has. Hey, all you podheads and film fanatics, this is the Quizmaster here from the Filmageddon Film Quiz, reminding you that we are live streaming our quiz each and every Wednesday evening over on twitch.tv slash filmageddon. It's open to all and free to join along, so get your team together on your favorite video messaging app and see if you have what it takes to beat hundreds of other like-minded individuals in what might be the biggest film quiz in the world. I assume, anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead and follow us over on Twitter where we are at Filmageddon Quiz to keep up with the latest news and info, and we hope to see you there. All right, what are we talking about today? Everybody knows what it is. What is it, Phil? Return of the Jedi. Doom. 
Boom, finally. Fuck. <laughs> Return for the climactic clash between the forces of good and evil. Return to a galaxy far, far away. Return of the Jedi. The next chapter in the continuing Star Wars saga. The battle for freedom rages on. The heart of a hero. The courage of a rebel. The strength of a leader. The loyalty of comrades. The power of the force. The cunning of the enemy. Destiny revealed. Is Darth Vader my father? A legend fulfilled. An epic of heroes, villains, and aliens from a thousand worlds. It's a trap! The quest continues. The circle closes. The saga lives on. Return of the Jedi begins May 25th at a theater in your galaxy. Let's get this out of the way. Let's get Let's it. Do it. Let's, Let's just get it. It's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um, but I'm ready. Got my Star Wars shirt. I'm ready to fucking go. We're good. Okay. Got a Ewoks We're in good. the background. We're good. We're good. We're good. Everybody just relax. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Luke Skywalker had returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire had secretly begun construction on a new armored space station, unfamiliar, even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. That's the easiest to like comprehend, I think. We're done. Um, we've we've, we've watched good. the hard one. Like, that that was easy. But the only thing is Death Star again. Again. That's literally one of my... I've, I've, <laughs> categorized all of these notes into sections and the last one of the last ones is just called death star dot 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 again <laughs> the death star 2 man okay we're talking star wars episode 6 return of the jedi or simply return of the jedi as it was marketed in the 1983 third and final entry into the star wars trilogy you'll be happy to know that there were no more movies so we're not going to do this anymore. We're done. We're absolutely done. Oh, man. I was actually, you know, at the end of this, kind of like, mm, let's let's go ahead. Let's, Don't encourage let's, me. Let's see about this uh, phantom and this menace. I have a lot to say. <laughs> this menacing um, phantom. 
All right, man. So, like, thoughts? You know what? <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah, like, I, I like, uh, you know, I, I remember the last couple of episodes where I was just like, I'm ready to get to this. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, Luke's got all his powers and stuff. and But, yeah, this movie sucks. But it's, like, somehow kind of, oh. it's so shit. <sighs> But it's somehow was the one that I was most like <laughs> interested in throughout the whole thing. I didn't really drift any, which is great, like surprising. Fair enough. Even though it's so a so, mixed Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's I think it's kind of fun, but it's definitely a shit movie. I mean, come on. It's like No. But uh No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm here to and just that's ruin, the episode. Yeah, I'm here here to just ruin every Star Wars fans. <laughs> Oh man, my whole ending is like weird now. Um, I'm <laughs> expecting great. you to like be agreeing with me. No, we'll we'll see what happens as we go yeah. along. You know, I think you can we'll, win me over. We'll get there. Yeah, I mean, this one's the this movie's a mixed bag a little. Yeah, but I think you onto something. It might be the most entertaining. Yeah, and the most fun and most childlike. It's really stupid. I think that's it's the dumb. thing. It's yeah. not like it's, dumb. it's not like his shit. It's just stupid. It's like oh it's come stupid. on. It's, yeah. it's a bit dumb, but yeah, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> cool. So, Return the Jedi, written once again by Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas, who's still serving as producer. Um, like Empire, Lucas financed this one himself. He's completely independent at this point. He completely separated himself from Hollywood, and he's doing everything himself, um, which is going to be the cause of a lot of problems, as you'll see. Um, Irvin Kirshner, I think I'm saying that right, who'd done Empire, did yep. not return for the movie. He said, um, after working for two years and nine months doing Empire Strikes Back and having it take so much out of my life <laughs> and having given me so much, I felt that it was a complete experience and it was time to move on. I mean, he was a bit old, wasn't he? Like, he's, Yeah, he was getting I mean, up. he was like George Lucas's teacher, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, you threw me a bone already, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when I was looking out, there was a lot of rumors that he like rejected doing it because he hated the script. But it was literally he was just done, and he didn't want to do another Star Wars movie. Yeah, especially after the 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 reaction to the Empire was quite mixed. So I think maybe if people were into it more, he would have come back. Mm. Anyway, and so the search begins for a new director. Now, coming off of Hook last week, and how much yeah. I was saying. Steve, I would love to see a Steven Spielberg Star Wars movie. He mm-hmm. was Lucas's first choice, and yeah. he was meant to direct Return of the Jedi. But they were both having their own separate feuds at the time with the Directors Guild, which um, one could... I'm not sure what Spielberg was going through. Lucas was obviously the whole non-union thing. But Spielberg ended up being banned by the Guild from the movie. Wasn't allowed on set or anything like that. So next, they approached... David Lynch. Yeah. So I know this story. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much about this beyond um, he had just come off of the Oscar nominated Elephant Man. Yeah. Um, and was approached about doing Return of the Jedi, but declined, saying he had, quote, next door to zero interest in doing the project. But then what did he go on to do that same year, basically? He went on to do Dune. <laughs> so he he's got like i got my own space opera to make and he just makes like uh, i mean a really like interesting one because a lot of people this think it's really shit 
And then yeah. some people fucking love it. But then again, that's David Lynch's career, really, isn't it? So Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And um next what uh David Cronenberg was also Ooh. offered the job flat out, but declined in order to make video drum. Yeah, he had some heads to blow up. Exactly. He was making like a bunch of movies back to back in that time. Mm. Um of those three, whose version would you want to see most? Um I mean, probably Spielberg. I mean, David Lynch would have been hilarious, but I mean, it would have just been really strange. And I felt like he would have butted heads with, you know, George Lucas a lot. I feel like he would have been fired like halfway through. Yeah. Like they do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like Spielberg definitely would have just had the, I mean, I mean, God damn it. You know, we were talking about <laughs> Hook and stuff and it just feels kind of like the same movie anyway. So like, yeah, exactly. you know, like uh, yeah, I feel like he would have, he would have done it well sure um eventually the role of director went to welsh filmmaker richard markwand mm-hmm. I, I really hope i'm saying that correctly at the time known for his movie eye of the needle and later on the thriller jagged edge mm-hmm. however lucas was still heavily involved um shooting a lot of the second unit footage as he was known to do on his production when they were running over schedule he admitted to being on set frequently due to markwand's relative inexperience with special effects Hmm. Uh, what drew him to Mark One was his ability to make a film on time, on budget, which was such a problem with the last two movies that he <laughs> did not, because it's his own money he's dealing with now. That's probably why like, Spielberg wasn't allowed on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, not you. Not again. But yeah, so he was around a lot. Mark One commenting um, on, his, on Lucas's conspicuous presence said, it's rather like trying to direct King Lear with Shakespeare in the next room. Just like, you know, uh, I don't I don't think that's uh, right. I, I wouldn't have done that, like, just yeah. over his shoulder the whole fucking time. I mean, I don't know about this Shakespeare thing, but whatever. <laughs> you, don't, you don't appreciate the comparison? No. Well, I mean, anyway, I, I'm one of those, like, conspiracy theorists on Shakespeare in general. That he didn't write his own stuff? Yeah, that I think uh, it was Christopher Marlowe. Um, but that's a good conspiracy. Anyway. You and Charlie Chaplin believe that. <laughs> That's in his book. That's actually a large part of his autobiography. Well, just and about Marlowe. He went to now. He went to see um, where Shakespeare grew up, and he yeah. was like, "I had no, um, like, I could see that the person who wrote the play definitely didn't live here." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, uh, Lucas and Mark One had a really good working relationship, and Lucas called him a really nice person who worked well with the actors. Um, Richard Marquand would die only a few years later of a stroke mm. in 1987, and he was 49. That's a shame, yeah. Uh, just wanted to get out of the way. The screenplay for the then-titled Revenge of the Jedi was, itself was not finished until late into pre-production, well after the schedule and budget had been outlined. The production team had to rely on Lucas's original story and rough draft in order to commence work with the art department. So they're building sets and puppets and animatronics, not really knowing what this movie's going to be. But the biggest ball in the air, if you will, at this point was the potential return of Han Solo. Yeah, that's right. Because when we left off in the last episode, he gets frozen in carbonite, but almost exactly. in a way, if he didn't come back, that they could basically write him off that that was him dead. Yeah, which would have <laughs> been such a weird way to go, but... Yeah, you're right. Um, Ford wasn't contracted to do the sequel like the other um, leads in the cast. And in between movies, he had done Raiders of the Last Dark, which made him an even bigger yep. star. 
Um, apparently, he wasn't even in the original script for Return, so George Lucas had just like already resigned to the fact that Harrison Ford would not be returning. This is when producer Howard Kazanjian, <laughs> sure, Kazanjian, yeah. Uh, yeah, stood in. He played a, um, a very important part in bringing him back. I'll, it's a very convoluted story. I've written it as simply as possible here. Howard called ha- uh, Harrison Ford's agent Phil. Phil? A, to make a deal. Phil's like, I'll talk to Harrison. Howard called Phil. He's on, um, a few weeks later, he's on vacation. But David, his son, took the call. And so they negotiated Ford's deal. Phil returned a week later and called Howard saying he had taken advantage of his son who didn't know <laughs> what was going on. Howard said, I did not take advantage of his son, but agents are agents. So there you go. <laughs> it, was that, it was literally that easy. I was looking for a better story, but that was that. Um, some weird shady dealings. Yeah. Um, uh, when Harrison Ford did come back, his first suggestion was that Han Solo uh, should be killed through some sort of self-sacrifice. Self, no, he really wanted to be done with this character. How do they keep talking him back into it? Like, I mean, we're talking Last Jedi. This motherfucker's still like there. He's still there. He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lawrence Canton actually agreed with this idea. Lucas was firmly against it and re- immediately rejected the idea. People believe, obviously, this decision was based off the ongoing success of the Star Wars merchandise and toy line, um, which obviously would be a factor. Same with this. Um, apparently the original treatment for the story had a little more a darker ending with Luke walking off alone and exhausted into the sunset like a hero in a spaghetti western. But again, Lucas opted for a happier ending to encourage toy sales. Oh, God. Because that's all his money, man. He owned yeah. all of that and he's not going to throw it away. Harrison Ford confirmed this story saying, George didn't see any future in dead Han toys. Which would be a great band name. Dead Han Toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. What is wrong with this guy? I've got <laughs> actually something to add to this in a little bit. I think I'll find my moment. Yeah. I don't know. Because like, I think that the, the motivation behind those decisions has probably come from a bad place. But I don't necessarily disagree with that. Because I actually really like how this story ends. Yeah. Um, compared to some of the other things that happen. <laughs> um. <laughs> Harrison Ford would would eventually get his death wish, but not in this movie. If we ever do Force Awakens, you can play that. Um, there were loads of changes from the original script to the finished product. Um, Yoda was originally not in the movie at all, but again, Mark One insisted on him on Luke returning to Dagobah in order to resolve that plot thread from Empire. It'd be weird to just let him yeah. be hanging out there. Yeah, with definitely. No, ending um but this also led lucas to insert another scene in which yoda confirmed that vader is luke's father because after talking to a child psychologist he did not want any younger viewers to dismiss vader's claim as a lie which is actually okay. really interesting <laughs> like you gotta live with this shit kid yeah. this is the real world that scene jesus christ is so funny yeah it's so funny like he Yoda dies like someone who just won't yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, just keep coming back. He is your father. <laughs> you must 
<coughs> confront Vader. <coughs> and then he's a psych about to fall asleep. And then he's like, <coughs> you are the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, get me a beer. Wait, there's a brew dog in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. It will give you strength. <laughs> Frank Arthur doing the, like the most hardcore like gargling, he gargling <laughs> his way through that name. But again, I appreciate the sentiment. Like I said, so that's one of many ideas left out or changed. It's hard to find specific now. Um, one of the big ones is that the Ewoks were meant to be Wookiees. There would have been a whole planet of Wookiees. They did that <laughs> later, though, right? Like they did what, that in yeah. episode three, but it looked awful. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all CGI by that point. Yeah, so just like a planet of big dogs. <laughs> dog, the big bad dog. <laughs> big dog, big dog. Dog, bad dog. It's my yard now. <laughs> uh, Yoda and Obi Wan were meant to return to life, not just of like Fosco, along with Anakin, and they would have all joined the celebration on Endor right at the end. There would have been like a whole resurrection party. Mm. Um, filming took place from January to May, nineteen eighty-two, in. The Redwood National Park in California, okay. Yuma Desert in Arizona, and Elstree Studios in UK. This time they took up every soundstage in Elstree. No chance of someone else setting a fire. No fucking like Kubrick's Kubrick did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. They actually shot in Redwood. Um, and they were, they were actually um, logging parts of it at the time. They were cutting down a bunch of trees. So the film took advantage of that and got to actually cut down and blow up section of the forest for the nice. movie was that for indoor i assume exactly that, yeah that looks like the redwood yeah so working on a budget of 32.5 million dollars a huge jump from the first one mm-hmm. like three times as much lucas like i said was determined not to go over budget and over schedule this time he used his own company ilm for the special effects which saved the production 18 million dollars However, since Lucasfilm was now a non-union company, finding locations was more difficult and more expensive, despite Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back already being huge hits. But they just weren't covered by the same insurance and things like that. Fucking capitalism, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like, we're making Star Wars. And it's like, yeah, but you never know. It could be, could be a flop. Well, that last one was dark. I don't even think it's that. I mean, to be honest, it's just the fact that who's the who's the capitalist pig here i mean is it is it george lucas who's like raking in mm. all this money on uh all these toys and all these films and all this <laughs> merchandise and then he doesn't want to work with the unions to make sure people get paid properly <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> it's a double-edged uh light paper, if you will yeah like a dark um <laughs> did you crack open another one yeah brother two oh uh, dude Things are about to get sloppy. Doing it today. <laughs> uh, while shooting in the US, the production famously went by the name Blue Harvest. Yeah. With the tagline, horror beyond imagination. <laughs> Camera slates, cool sheets, hotel renovations, invoices, reports, crew hats and t-shirts all read Blue Harvest. This was all uh, an elaborate disguise to shield the production from fans and the press. Was this like one of the first instances of a code name? Exactly, yeah. Because, now it's become quite popular. Because, like, yeah, that's a big thing now. And I guess, like, with the rise of the internet and social media and all that, like, it gets crazier and crazier and people can find out stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. back then, I mean, you know, there weren't 
there weren't like these superstar directors and huge franchises like like there are now where they kind of like have code names all the time exactly It'd be interesting to know if that is the ex- actual first time that a code name was used for a film i couldn't find an earlier instance but i think mm-hmm. it was just the most popular one by that yeah. point yeah it could you know it's a good idea i've been on shoots where they've given us code name to tell people because someone yeah. walks up to you and they're like, what are you shooting? And you say Blue Harvest. They're like, they go on their way. They don't give a shit. But you can't be like, yeah, we're shooting the next Star Wars in there. Yeah. They'll hang around all day. <laughs> um, the facade was incredibly extensive. Um, but there was a reference to the film's identity in the name. And the Blue Harvest logo used the same lettering as the original Star Wars film. <laughs> so you didn't have to look that far. Yeah. Still, it wasn't enough, as was the case in the Arizona de- Desert. So when they were filming the Tatooine scenes, in the Yuma Desert. Um, filming in the dunes took place over the Thanksgiving holiday, where there was a crowd of 35,000 dune buggy enthusiasts. So the production had to erect a chain link fence and employ a huge security force and dodge a myriad of uh, press inquiries, which attracted 60 fans who snore through the roof and refused to leave until they got some autographs and photos. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, don't you love <laughs> Star Wars fans? <laughs> Oh, that's man. great um and that leads me right into the movie let's just yeah, get into it with the it. opening the gang saved han jesus here we go return of acid trip basically <laughs> yeah i mean but i hope you agree say what you will this opening this first like half an hour of this movie is fucking perfect it I feels like it. it could just be a completely different film exactly like, it's, it's like it's a weird. short film it's and like again, you, could, you could just keep this going you know? Yeah. And again, right after Hook, it's got that very, like, pushbuckling pirate feel, you know, yeah. Luke walking the plank and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And it's such a slow build. You see this elaborate plan yeah. <laughs> slowly come. Because it starts with the droid showing up first. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, C3PO is like one of the only people who can, like, understand Java. <laughs> it's really gross. And then it's, I think it's Leia. Lando, yeah. Lando's already there. He's in the background. You don't know it yet. And then Luke showed up. And yeah. when Luke showed up, it's everything you've been waiting for, John. <laughs> it's yeah, it's super long black robe, super powered. Yeah. He's just waving people off, doing a Jedi mind trick, and it's just so cool. Yeah, I love the opening so much. Like, I mean, it's weird. I'm torn on it because it's like a. I don't know, like I said, it's the return of the acid trip from the Cantina Bar, basically. You yeah. got like the crazy bands, the weird music, and all the crazy creatures and characters and ghouls and goblins, yeah. uh, basically. And then it's like a oh God, there's that fucking little fox creature thing. It goes, Yeah, <laughs> yeah um Salacious Crumb. Fucking annoying. It's like <laughs> yeah. a weird nightmare Henson film. You know, it's like did Henson help out with some of these like uh no puppetry? at this point it was all actually no no he did yeah because he was um yoda with the henson sort of creature mm. and i think it was like a joint effort on yeah their part it took um <laughs> it's like a little list i have it looks ridiculous now that i look at it all 10 puppeteers nine mime artists 42 extras and 18 principals supported by a crew of 19 worked almost a month on the jabber's palace sequence <laughs> and then like you said it's like a, it's like the cantina but like on acid like yeah. even, like on coke like it's 
crazy. Yeah. Um, I hate to get into like the uh, special edition touch ups, but this movie has the worst editions, in my opinion. And this scene is like my most hated scene. <laughs> Did you get this with like the CGI fucking like weird mole man thing yelling into the camera? Yeah. Yeah. And you can like see down his throat and yeah. it looks. Oh, I hate There's it, a few like, characters that were added in that looked so stupid, and it kind of like pissed me off a bit. I think that was a problem because you have the annoying like little creature guy that's like laughing every two seconds, yeah, the little rat thing. But at least he's like, you know, practical. He's like an actual, you know, thing. Like an actual there, thing. In the 80s. There. Yeah. But like, there's all these other added in things, and it just looks so stupid. And uh, we've been dealing that with that like through this series because obviously we're watching these newer additions yeah and it's just like fucking annoying <laughs> he keeps he's like what how can i make this scene worse somehow <laughs> yeah. um but yeah the music's great music's trippy yeah a lot of weird like the guy with like job with like right hand man i guess the guy who has like a penis for a neck yeah and, like goes around <laughs> him that guy always freaked me out he kind of looked like crane from ninja turtles if if crane, yeah, man. crane was on a body and then mm. like there was uh, basically like a couple of those like weird troll guys or whatever that looked sort of like Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> so yeah, the little pigmen. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and then you have the ultimate puppet. Not yeah. really puppet, but Jabba the Hutt. We yeah. finally get to see Jabba the Hutt in all his glory. And he's kind of gross. Yeah. Oh, this whole scene, especially when <laughs> Leia shows up, is just... It's just very problematic, isn't it? I'm just thinking about how many times some weird guy in his basement fantasized about this scene. I mean, many, many times. I'm thinking about all the tracking uh, problems and millions of VHS tapes. Ah. <laughs> <I'm pausing. laughs> I mean, look, I have, I have a little bit about that. I'm thinking about all the ruined <laughs> flannels <laughs> and socks, and how many moms. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is a thing Carrie Fisher like talked about all the time, and it's like a weird thing that she had to come to terms with and deal with. And that like she like literally every every day, once a day, someone would tell me, "Oh, you were the first person I like jerked off to," That's or like you you were part of my awakening. And it's like, yeah, that's fucking gross. What do you want me to say to that? That's not like a flattering thing. Yeah. I guess what we're, f- we're referring to, obviously, is the slave layer, golden <laughs> bikini. <laughs> obviously. that One of the most famous images of Star Wars. Period, it is, I, I, feel like. I mean, it's iconic, yeah. yeah. So Carrie Fisher had been complaining about her costumes in the previous two movies. They were too long and that they weren't very feminine. And those complaints led to this skimpy outfit she wore. Um, the costume was sort of a running joke among the crew because the metal framework that held the top together meant that the costume didn't move well with her. Um, since Fisher didn't like the industry standard solution of using double-sided tape, it became necessary before each tape to have a wardrobe person check to ensure that her breath was still snug <laughs> inside the costume top. And several scenes had to be reshot when wardrobe malfunctions occurred. <sighs> I think that's what those people are trying to pause on their video <laughs> They're oh, like, no, no, I swear, this shot, they didn't catch it. They didn't catch it, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but again, having said all that, 
she fucking gets her own back in this movie. Yeah. In the statement, it's like it's still like a statement on like the patriarchy because it's like she's you know misogynized and objectified, and she's made to wear a demeaning outfit. But she also fucking chokes out the dirty fucking old slug that put her in it. So there's yeah. some like some power in it. It, it could be seen as empowering in some way. Yeah. Still not great though. <laughs> I just don't know why George Lucas did this period. They're like, take a guess. Why? I mean, it's <laughs> fucking gross, but you know, that leads me into something. I feel like I need to add into this. Yeah. It's going to be a bit. And of course it's going to lengthen this episode. That's already going to be long, but I apologize. But there is uh, an account on Twitter called men, right? Women. And uh, no. they did this. Like this. They did this tweet where it says Marion deserves better referring to Marion from Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, had an affair with her when she was 11 in quotations and a barfing emoji George Lucas, Steven Spielberg and Lawrence Kasdan brainstorming Marion's character in Indiana Jones I I heard about this this is what we're dealing with when you have people like George Lucas writing things about these women so I'll proceed from here Lawrence Kasdan. I like it if they already had a relationship at one point, because then you don't have to build it. George Lucas. I was thinking that this old guy <laughs> could have been his mentor. He could have known this little girl when uh, she was just a kid, had an affair with her when she was 11. Oh. Kasdan. And he was 42. Lucas. He hasn't seen her in 12 years now she's 22 there's a real strange relationship Spielberg she better been older than 22 he's 35 and he knew her 10 years ago uh, when he was only 25 and she was only 12 oh my god it would be amusing to make her slightly younger at the time Spielberg and promiscuous she came on to him, Lucas. 15, <laughs> 15 is right on the edge. I know it's outrageous idea, but it's interesting. Once she's 16 or 17, it's not interesting anymore. But if she was 15 and he was 25 and they actually had an affair the last time they met and she was madly in love with him and he... And Spielberg says, she has pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, stop. I hate these people. I'm not lying. This is like, this is actually a transcript from uh, these story meetings from 1978 yeah. when they were working on this fucking script. Christ, man. I'm glad that. <laughs> so this is what we're no, dealing fuck. with. This is the kind of idiot that decides <laughs> to like put this poor woman in this horrible fucking outfit and then like ah uh, sorry i mean i ca- i came across <laughs> a few things like that nothing that bad on this because <laughs> like i said the screenplay was you know they were writing it they went and it would finish really late into pre-production and they just sat down um like lucas cat Dan, and mark one in a room for two weeks and just discussed the script and like through our ideas and Kant then recorded all of it and took the notes and made and wrote the final draft. So you can get transcripts of stuff 
and you start realizing the more you know, sensible ideas are coming from Mark Ron and like Lucas is his, his mind is somewhere else yeah. or like in the backstory and stuff. Um, but nothing is gross with that. Lucas uh, is like, I think he's the guy who has like an idea that's really yes, good. The story. Like just, just like the basic idea. He can write you a fucking brainstorming outline. Mm-hmm. And then he should be like moved away from projects as soon as he should be dialogue, character, actor, like, ev- yeah. everything, like everything about the, the film should just yeah. be taken away from him. <laughs> He's got like one good idea. Yeah. I'm just going to write it into the ground. <laughs> okay. Um, where was that? Jabba the Hutt, I guess. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's all right. I mean, you're right. Um, <laughs> what okay he's 35 <laughs> it's like it's getting it's not getting any better yeah it doesn't get any better he just, just like kind. he's like okay 15 is the max <laughs> yeah <laughs> like she has to be the, underage bro yeah if it's 16 then it's like whatever that's every girl yeah. if it's 16 then like they're gonna be like <sighs> well you know in california you know, she might have been of age. You know, in New York City, she could have been. Oh, it would have been of age, and it would have been consensual. And she's like, "No, shut the fuck up. That's never okay. <laughs> they're under eighteen. They're still a child." George yeah. Lucas, you weirdo. Yeah. God, maybe he's queuing on people. Right? I don't know. <laughs> God, every episode. <laughs> um, well, talking of growth. Yes, Jabba the Hutt. It took yeah. six people to work the full-sized animatronic of Jabba the Hutt. It took three months to build, $500,000 to make, and he weighed about 2,000 pounds. And then George Lucas goes and makes these new additions and puts CGI <laughs> over top of that, just discrediting all the artwork and exactly. the, the hard work that these people did. Yeah. The slithery noises made when Jabba the Hutt moves were created by sound designer Ben Burt running his hands through a cheese casserole. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Isn't that gross? <laughs> I told that to Dusty and she was like, oh, it's like one of those like garage haunted house things yeah. you get in the US where it's like, you know, it's parents trying to scare the neighborhood kid. And yeah. they're like, put this blindfold on in here. Now you're touching brains. Uh, it's yeah. like spaghetti and stuff. <laughs> this isn't snack time, is it? No, no, no. It's yeah, soon, my no. appetite. No, no. Uh, you get each one of them showing up bit by bit, and then Luke shows up, tries his fucking wishy-washy Jedi trick, and it doesn't work on Jabba for some reason. Yeah. But he's a he's, he's, a, he's a boss. He's a goddamn boss. He's a gangster. How do all these people know about Jedis and stuff? I mean, like... I don't know, man. This is weird. Like how there's just so, old. There's so many like creatures. They're all over these universes and stuff. And there's hardly any Jedi's left. It's like a legend. Yeah. It's like being passed down, though. It's like the stories of, you know, like how they used to be samurai and stuff. Yeah. And they aren't around anymore. That's why they don't believe it when like Luke shows up and they're like. You ain't a Jedi boy. Yeah. Boy, get a, get <laughs> down into no this shit, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jabba quickly throws Luke into a pit to battle his rancor beast. Remember in um, Pineapple Express, he had the great line, uh, James Franco, when he's like about to be taken down into the basement, and he's like, what, what's down there, man, a fucking rancor? <laughs> yeah, I forget about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and this scene was... Uh, 
Lucas trying to emulate uh, the Toho Godzilla movies, and he originally wanted a stunt performer inside the suit. Oh, okay. But they made several attempts, but were unable to quite create an adequate result. I'm, I'm guessing it just looked really fucking stupid. So Lucas relented and decided to film the Rancor as a high-speed puppet. Mm-hmm. I really like the Rancor fight scene. Yeah, it, it's funny, though, because like, it made me think that they do... The- <laughs> George Lucas, like continues to do a lot of things a lot like you know we were <laughs> like death star of course yeah. but like these monster battles sort of like early in the film or midway through the films like always sort of remind me of like you know in the first film you have like the trash monster and uh the second film you have the yeti creature thing and then <laughs> and then you you got this thing in this film but then they, he does it again in the was it in the second or third episode of the prequels like Anakin has to fight some big crazy monster thing and some gladiator style thing it's but it, an attack it feels, of the clones, yeah. yeah it feels very much like that like you know because all these people are up looking down and watching <laughs> he likes that set piece yeah for some reason. I like this little the sound of the rancor was just uh, made by a, a duction or duction a Dotson, yeah okay yeah, yeah I thought just it did sound like a dog Big dog, and then when uh, when it died, the, the guy comes out. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's such a weird choice to like introduce this idea that his like his keeper carer, his keeper had like a genuine connection. It's like the guy yeah. in the thing who like takes care of all the dogs. Yeah, but that makes sense. This guy, like the rancor, would tear him apart. Yeah, I don't know, man. But, but Luke does show no mercy. He just fucking, like, shut the door around his <laughs> fucking face. It's great. I love it. Just before we get into the dead note, then the shot in which, you know, that annoying rat thing that's always screaming. Yeah. When he's chewing off C-3PO's eye. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. rolling around on the floor. <laughs> Anthony Daniels was having a panic attack while in the C-3PO suit. Really? While, at that time? Yeah, so during that shot, he's not saying his actual lines. All of his lines were dubbed later. But he was repeating, he was yelling, get me up, get me up, over and over. And that's the take used in the final movie. <laughs> yeah, he does <laughs> say that. I forgot about that. And I only watched that like in hindsight. Yeah. I'm nice. just like, like only now I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. You can imagine like a man trapped in a gold suit, unable to get up and like something poking him in the eye. Fuck these guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Leia saved Han, blah, blah, blah. She take, gets him out of the carbonite, uh, carbonite and he's blind mm. for some reason. So Han Solo did return after all that, after all that effort. It's finally here. Um, yeah. And then they take him into the desert and they're going to make him walk the plank <laughs> or some shit. I don't know. They're all tied up. This, um, this Han Solo has one of my favorite lines there, though, where, you know, he's worried and Luke was like, you know, don't worry, I got this. You know, I was born here. And then Han Solo like turns over to him and he's like, You're gonna die here. Convenient. <laughs> yeah. There's a really good line too where like someone was just like, like, oh, it's cool, Han, he's a Jedi now. And Han's just like, What? <laughs> like a Jedi knight. I'm out of it. For a little while everybody gets delusions of grandeur. It's just a great line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's true, because Han just wakes up and Luke this is only like a year. Yeah. After Empire and Luke is wearing all black and he's got like a new lightsaber and he's like, I'm cool now, see? <laughs> like I'm like I'm fucking Jedi now. Right? Yeah. Um 
yeah, and this is Luke keeps warning Jabba. He's like, let us go. Trust me, you, you don't want to do this. And everybody's laughing, obviously, because they're like, you know, what what are you going to do? And yeah. finally, they do that great. They do the joke in Family Guy, but it's like when they all nod at each other and the plan's about to come into action. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like 10 minutes of like nod. Like Luke <laughs> yeah. nods to Leia, nods to Luke, nods to R2, kind of nods. And it's just, it literally is like, they do it back and forth. And then Luke's got that really cool move. He jumps down, jumps off the board, and then proceeds to kill everyone. Man, he goes hardcore. I actually really enjoyed it. And I think that's like what made me remember why I liked this opening bit with Luke because he just it's like, perfect. he goes ham on him, man. He's just like, just like, <laughs> bang, like yeah. just totally annihilating guns off. <laughs> But again, a violent movie. Here we go again. So we talked about neither of us that big into Boba. Boba yeah, Fett. don't get it. And he has the most, just like a really worse death in this. Yeah, he died by accident. He, he's a, a like blind Han Solo killed him. <laughs> yeah, he's like there for a second when Leia comes in dressed as like that sort of bounty hunter, and she brings in Chewbacca. And he's yeah, like yeah, standing yeah. there and he like comes out and he just sort of nods at her and it's sort of mm. like, yeah, bounty hunter respect, which <laughs> I kind of don't really think he'd, he'd probably not really appreciate another, another bounty hunter. Yeah. I feel like he's they're like, in competition. Thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, yeah. So then he just like appears during this fight and then just <laughs> dies like so quickly. It's just like, what? <laughs> Literally, Han Solo, he's like, Boba, where? And he turned around. And hits the jack back, and then you know got the Wilhelm scream where he's like, yeah, hits the ship, and then just falls into the Starlight pit. Here we go. You know what that means? Snack, Snack time. time. Snack time. Quarantine. Qu- 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 quarantine. It's snack time. Quarantine. Qu- 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 quarantine. It's snack time. Lockdown. <laughs> here we go jedi edition jedi edition dude they were overdoing the wilhelm screams in this film it was, was like, like five and four of yeah. them like it's yeah. nuts man we haven't talked about wilhelm screams have we no they're in all of these movies yeah now. it kind of started with this film because or not this film but like star wars because the first one was in star like the original star wars and it was because George Lucas, like, or the sound design guy or whatever, was like looking around for sounds, and he ended up finding this old uh, sound that was like, like a like an old tape or whatever that like was labeled uh, "Man Eaten by Alligator." <laughs> so this is really old classic, like, sound that was used in some old thing, and I don't even know what it was yeah. anymore. But. Um, they start using it and it just became a thing that they kept using over and over and over and over in every Star Wars film up mm. until I think The Last Jedi. I still, you, you still hear it in other movies. All yeah. The time. Every yeah, and then big it, blockbuster. Yeah, it became like a thing in Hollywood because it's just like this, you know, free to use sound effect. <laughs> yeah! in Hollywood, it's cheap as fuck. <laughs> anyway. What do you have for next time? time? Well, in honor of Star Wars. Uh, and also in honor of um, Darth Vader's lightsaber, I have uh, Star Bursts. <laughs> Fade reds. That's pretty good. They're all the, they're all the reds. 
They're all red. Cherry, r- strawberry, raspberry, and red apple. I've never had this before. But really? Oh, you like it. Like all the reds. You know? But I like I'm, I like Starburst, so I'm disappointed with uh not you with you. <laughs> I mean I'm disappointed with myself, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um with my snack this yeah. week because I really tried um to find something fun and Star Wars themed and it was really hard to find I wanted first I wanted Space Invaders, which yeah. nowhere none of my locals have. And then yeah. I wanted those I don't remember if they're dairy milk, but it's like the chocolate stars you used to be able to get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't find any of those, so I gave up. And I'm sorry, I think you've already done this already. But uh, Mars bar, Mars bar, Mars bar, because Mars is in space. Did I do like a a galaxy bar? Maybe I think you're you, okay. You, you did galaxy. Yeah, I think you're okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mars Try Star Wars. Good. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> Which one is this? This is, I think this is raspberry. Fucking good. Starbursts are always good. Starbursts are good. You don't get much crunch on that. That's all caramel. So good though. Fun fact for the Prince Charles Cinema fans out there. If you ever come to a Mean Girls quote along at the Prince Charles Cinema, the Calteen bar is actually just a Mars bar. <laughs> ah, got ya. <laughs> oh, wait, where were we? The desert. Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit. Bubba gets thrown into the Sarlacc pit. That's another thing. He's added like CGI legs and arms and shit to it. And it looked really weird and not scary. I mean, the original thing doesn't look very scary. It's very Bruce-like from George. It's just it's really sort of like a one of those, like trapper plant things, you know that clothes. Oh, Venus flytrap. Yeah, Venus flytrap. Yeah. It looked like that. It looked like a one of those fire flowers from Super Mario. Yeah. Just a whole, just a gaping hole in the middle of the desert. Really impractical. <laughs> but again, this whole scene had obviously very um, serious hook vibes. Yeah, that's what I was saying last week. That's why it made me want to watch it because I was like. Oh, I would, this kind of reminds me of this. This reminds me of the best part of Return Jedi. <laughs> Fun fact for you listeners out there, we're like literally doing the hook episode and kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe soon. And then after we finish recording, we're like, let's just go ahead and finally do this shit, get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope people uh, will take the jump with us. Yeah, I hope so. Does anybody care anymore? <laughs> I hope so. My brother listened to the podcast and he was saying how uh, the Hook episode was making him cry. Oh, wow. Because he was like, Jeez. he hadn't seen it in so long. And we were talking, like, especially the There You Are, Peter. Yeah. He was saying, oh, it's like brought back memories and made me all teary. And that's oh. really nice. That's nice yeah. to hear. There we go. A little bit of user feedback. It's been absent for a while. Exactly. But there we go. It's around. I mean, that's all I have for this deadness scene. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a great fucking scene. It's a great way to open the movie because it's the best opening out of all of them. It's like, it's a perfect short film. Like the movie could have ended right there, but you know, then you don't get any closure to anything. But yeah, it comes out guns a blazing. It's ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Luke is a badass. He's a fucking Jedi. Fucking Jedi ready. But after it's done, they save the day. Fucking 
Jabba the Hutt's killed. Boba Fett's killed. <laughs> All of Jabba's creatures are probably killed. Yeah. Did they kill the Sarlacc pit? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still there. It like burnt. Luke just kills everything, basically. Yeah. And uh, they fly away. Like and good old boys. Luke's just sort of like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Going back to hang out with Yoda. Like, oh, so we're going to jo- join back up with the Rebellion. He's like, no. He's like taking a U-turn. But there was an original deleted scene as well before showing Luke make his new lightsaber. Yeah. At the we end can... of Empire, he loses it. Mm-hmm. Um, which one do you like better? Your green or blue guy? I don't know. Maybe, maybe green. Green worked for this movie. Yeah, a very green movie. <laughs> but then again, I do like the blue one because that's like you know that's Obi Obi Wan's like classic. Obi Wan's like kind of like just the coolest character, and it's a shame he. It's funny he doesn't do much in the original series, and then. That's Ewan why McGregor. we have to watch the prequels. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is like the only good thing about the prequels. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I really wish they had kept that scene, though. It like kind of bothered me because we've still, what, we're like nine movies later and there's still never been a scene. Yeah, like someone makes a lightsaber. It's what? They don't want to like admit that this fucking doesn't make sense <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's like a crystal wrapped in metal and it you know it doesn't obey any physical rules again i mean i don't know i need to find my friend jason this call back to the very first star wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> my pal jason back from karate days used to claim that he was going to be able to make one i want to know did he ever do it is he do responsible it. for those like lightsabers that look pretty realistic like with the mm. light that just goes like the one you have <laughs> oh yeah damn it in the other room t-shirt t-shirt gonna do yeah um so yes luke flies back to dagobah yeah to finish his training but you know look yoda this is like like i said a year later and yoda's suddenly like really old yeah <laughs> like even older than the last one he's dying now he's like oh you know you know when 800 you know, do you are looking good? You are that, <laughs> yeah. that thing, yeah. But it's great, like it's so quote. weird that huge jump in age, just so he can kind of die. And then the, the whole I don't know, it's like the rules are really inconsistent with the disappearing thing. Why do some Jedi disappear? Does that explicitly mean they'll become a ghost? Could that hasn't always happened? Yeah, do they have to have a certain number of like life experience like miracle to their name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to become a saint yeah they have to be martyred for the cause but what about mace windu <laughs> did he did he get to become a force ghost no that's I mean, what i'm saying he was like murdered he was thrown out a window that's racist dude trying to kill the fucking emperor as well exactly like, i mean come on he could have ended it. he could have fucking ended that shit right there yeah he should have fucking killed Anakin. I mean, I swear to God. He was the only smart one. He was just like, the kid is too old and he's got evil in him. I see it. <laughs> we could have fucking prevented all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so we have, uh, forgive me, because I don't, my notes are sort of out of order. But there's the scene with Yoda, and I don't know if it's after, but there's the scene with Obi-Wan. That's still, I referenced it in the first episode. Yeah. Where he's like, 
why the fuck didn't you tell me about Vader? (laughs) And he's like, well, I kind of told you. Yeah. You know, from a certain point of view, what I said was true? Question mark? It's like, no, fuck you. Alec Guinness filmed that in like an hour. Like he was so done. He was like in and out for that camera. (laughs) Again, it's frustrating. It's like we spent all of Empire with the hero separated. And that's kind of like you were saying with the little issue you had with the last movie. And then this one, whole opening getting them back together and they fight off a bunch of pirates. It's really fun. And then immediately again, separate the hero. Yeah, they do it again. And it really fucking affects the end of the film as well because they keep doing that stupid bullshit where they have like Luke fighting Vader and the Emperor. There's that whole thing. Yeah. And then they like keep cutting back to what's going on with like Han and Leia and all. I just don't care at that point. It's (laughs) like, okay, like how hard is it to like just break into this? fucking place and flip a switch it's just like so fucking hard like i don't care like (laughs) i mean like han literally we're jumping way ahead here but he like literally just runs by a guy and taps him on the shoulder and runs away and then (laughs) which is very indiana jones it's just like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) it's so slapstick here so luke goes to dagobah lots of expedition happen um and han and leia go to endor they figure out that the Empire is building another Death Star because yeah. why not? Was Indoor where the switch was? Exactly. Yeah. So it's the shield to the Death Star. Yeah, to shut down the shield. They need to shut down the shield in order to destroy the Death Star. Okay. Um, but they're followed by stormtroopers. And we get, again, one of the highlights of the movie. This movie does action really well. It's a great action movie at the very least. I think that's what saved it for me. This we have the speeder bike chase. Yeah. Which is still, it's like the pod race scene in Phantom Menace. It's so like, it's like a really visceral scene. It's like sonically, visually perfect. Like the sound, it's like a banshee, you know, of the yeah. speeders going by, like, woo, like flying through the trees and stuff. That bit is really fucking cool. Yeah, I want to say that's like one of the most iconic scenes from this film. Like, just Definitely. really cool, iconic scene that I think about a lot when I think about Star Wars in general. I was just like, oh yeah, that's such a cool scene. Yeah, and again, the death of hardcore in it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's another Wilhelm scream in here. As well. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I basically have a note that just says they're really overdoing it with the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> The sequence was uh, achieved using a special Steadicam unit shooting forest backgrounds. Yeah, so this is the stuff shot in the Redwood Forest. Mm-hmm. The Steadicam inventor, Garrett Brown, personally operated these shots as he walked through a disguised path inside the forest shooting at less than one frame per second. By walking at about five miles an hour and projecting the footage at 24 frames per second, the motion seen in the film appeared as if it were moving at around 120 miles per hour. Jesus. That's really cool. I, I don't even really understand what I just read, but it sounds cool. Um, and the Steadicam had just sort of only recently come into prominence. I think Rocky yeah. was one of the first like big Hollywood movies to use it, you know, with running up the steps. And then obviously more, more and more. Yeah. Palmer. Using it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Palmer. But here we are. We're on Endor. And you know what's on Endor? 
The fucking, fucking shitload of Ewoks. Ewoks. The fucking Ewok boys. God damn go. it. It's the fucking revenge of the Ewoks, man. Can I say this before we get into Endor? Because properly Please. into Endor. When Luke is on Dagobah and he's talking to fucking Yoda as Yoda's dying, Yoda lets him know that there's another Jedi. There we he's go. He's not That'll the only thing. one. And he lets him know that there's another. It's your twin sister. And Luke goes, Dude, that's your sister, and you made out with her. Ew. That's your sister, dude. See, realizes that it's Princess Leia. <laughs> but anyway, yes, we get to fucking indoor, and my god, the fucking Ewoks. <laughs> Fuck it, I like the Ewoks. I think they're really cute, man. I don't mind them. You know, here we go. And another thing that I love. It exists because Star Wars exists. Every episode, I'm trying to pipe in one or two. Mm-hmm. Spaced. Edgar Wright's Spaced. Fuck yeah. Very great episode where, well, actually throughout like a whole, the whole second season, I think, or pretty much, um, where Simon Pegg's character loses his job because he like hated Phantom Menace so much because it just come out roughly around the time that they filmed that second season. Yeah. And he hated that film so much that he was like, Screaming at little kids who wanted like a Jar Jar doll or something at this comic book store that he worked at. And he was just like screaming at this kid and just like, oh, it's horrible. <laughs> and he gets fired by his boss, Bill Bailey. And Bill yeah. Bailey is just like, you got to let it go. It's been six months. <laughs> and he's just like saying stuff like, you know, but they love Jar Jar. You wanted a Jar Jar doll. And he's like, yeah, but everyone hated the Ewoks. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's not the same. But it is. I mean, it's that's it's, great. They're way better than Jar Jar yeah. and all those fucking Gungans 100%. or whatever they're called. They're, like, they're so much better. That's a great joke. Again, it's that thing of you're making fun of the movie, but you're also making fun of the criticism of the movie and you're yeah. making fun of the fan to are like, Oh my God, fuck Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. Like kids love it. Just like you loved Ewok. If you were a grown up watching Jedi, you'd be like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I watching this? Yeah. I anyway. don't mind the Ewoks though. They're pretty funny because you get a few fun trivia. You got like fucking Warwick Davis playing one of them. I have which is, the, which is great. And there's probably a few other like famous little people that were playing these Ewoks, but like, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's cool. It's practical. They didn't do that over with CGI. Like in the later versions, they still look relatively decent. Maybe they, what, did. they do a couple. The Ewoks uh, blank. Oh, That's they all blink. CGI. They changed that. Oh, you assholes. <laughs> you have to even, even the yeah. fucking Ewoks aren't sacred. <laughs> My favorite um, thing, though, about the Ewoks, is, though, is it sounds like every few seconds when, like, one of them's talking that they're going to break down, break out into that, like, hamster dance song. That sounded a bit like uh, Cotton Eye Joe, but I'll let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do, man. I'm not a yeah. hamster. Yeah. <laughs> I just like how we meet them because Leia gets thrown off her speeder bike yeah. and she's like presumed dead, she's missing. And they find her and they take her in and they braid her hair <laughs> and like, you know, dress her in wheat. <laughs> Again, like, like I mean, a better outfit, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, 
When the fuck do these Ewoks get this outfit that fits her perfectly? How did they learn to do this? <laughs> they, could, they can't even make clothes to fit their body. They're just like little bandanas and shit. They think fucking C-3PO is a god, which is felt slightly racist, but okay. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a... I wouldn't say this is racist, but I think you could kind of hear that. Yeah, you know, it's it's like... They're they're indigenous tribe. Yeah. But even that stuff, I really enjoy. Like, you know, when they... When they all meet the Ewok and they're having that campfire storytelling. Yeah. That is so... Yeah, that's a cool scene. scene. It's some... It is the movie. It's like us, how we tell each other these stories and it's kids essentially looking up yeah. and like dreaming of being like the hero that they see on the screen I think that's a like a, a fair point but if you if for people who don't like the Ewoks I think they reflect the audience watching it and yeah. I think it's a nice I think it's a nice thing it's not just a sort of you know a ploy to sell toys I mean it's that too it is yeah Come it on. works in both. Gotta have these indoor play sets. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, indoor shorts were filmed near Crescent City, California, in the Redwood Forest, like I said. Um, like you said, Warwick Davis plays Wicket the Ewok. Um, yeah, he's like 11 or 12 at the time. Um, he auditioned for the movie after his grandmother heard a London radio station announcing the casting, a casting call to play the Ewoks. Hmm. So they're looking for kids and little people um, to play. Which is great, and I started his whole career. Yeah, like that's Willow, man. That's so cool. Fucking Leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really difficult shoot for them. Obviously, the shooting in the middle of California in the forest, like you know, moving really difficult scenery and like in you know, uh, cumbersome costumes. Carrie Fisher was really worried about work Davidson's well-being during the film. Um, it did spend a lot of time in costumes. She provided him with uh, cookies and milk between Aww. takes. <laughs> Davis, Davis later commented she was everything an 11 year old Ewok could possibly wish for and that's just really nice it really made me you know like <laughs> that's not how he meant it <laughs> come on <Okay. laughs> but 11 is too young we know that now from George Lucas 15 is pushing it I don't know man he wanted 11 originally <laughs> <laughs> Eleven was too young until Spielberg was like, "God, I'm glad I threw that in now." <laughs> uh, you're talking about the language a lot. Um, a lot of the Ewok line, it's real language. It's Filipino. Oh, okay. Uh, Tagalog language. Most Ewok lines, however, were inspired by Kalmyk, uh, the Kalmyk language spoken by Buddhist tribes living in southern Russia. Oh, okay. So it's like a mix of all that. So it's not just like gibberish. Yeah. Yeah, the forest work was especially hard on the Ewok actors. Production assistant Ian Bryce arrived on the set one day to find a note from the Ewok actors saying that they had all had enough and that they were on their way to the airport. Bryce tried to drive to the airport but got a flat tire not far from the set. He found another car and was about to leave when the Ewok bus pull up, pulled up and all the Ewok actors got off wearing Revenge of the Ewok t-shirts. <laughs> what? Isn't that great? <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> That's so cool. And that totally should have been the name of this movie. Yeah, definitely. Revenge of the Ewok. Yeah. I like them. I think I can see they're kind of annoying. And they maybe have a little too much to do in this movie. Yeah. 
I think that's people's problems. I mean, I'll get into it like later with like the critical feedback, but yeah, I think towards the end of the film, it didn't really make sense to go back to indoor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Cause they like, they were up like on, on the fucking death star, this new death star or whatever. Death star two. Death star two. And then they end the film. I mean, couldn't they have gone somewhere else? Like, I don't know. They don't make so much money they have. Having this really dumb party with these Ewoks and these Ewoks are like so excited. But before C-3PO showed up as their golden god, they had no idea like any of this story that's happened before. Who They've been dragged into the global (laughs) conflict and made to fight. Lots of Ewoks die in this movie. Yeah, they do. It's really weird. (laughs) It's like weird seeing these like little Ewoks just when you know it's just a little top person is to just top yeah. over. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this movie, uh, I mean, all these movies are just ways to abuse uh, little people. Yes. <laughs> like Kenny Baker, them forgetting to uh, pull him out of the R2 costume. <laughs> it's the same thing. After they've accepted C-3PO as their golden god floaty man, you know, Luke, like, makes them hover in the air so they finally pay attention yeah. to him. <laughs> um, Luke, who just got there, has to leave again. Here we go. Like, here we go. And you just mentioned it. I should have included it here. But Luke is layered. So yes. let's get in to that plot point. Mark Hamill said he took a great issue, took a great issue with the revelation that Luke and Leia are brother and sister, going so far as to accuse George Lucas of making up the idea on the plane ride over to the set. Lucas, however, wanted to end the Star Wars saga to spend more time with his family. Lucas therefore opted to combine the character of Luke's unseen sister with Leia, thus resolving the Skywalker family storyline and the Han Leia Luke love triangle in this movie, thereby making it a definitive end to the Star Wars saga. Uh, I mean, they would change that, obviously. With Force Awakens, they'd continue that story. And that doesn't really incorporate any of Lucas' original ideas. So that, at least, was Lucas's reasoning behind the decision and i don't mind that my problem is when he tells her that she's a sister she's like you know i think i always knew (laughs) then why did you make out with him twice yeah (sighs) that's your sister dude dude that's not cool (laughs) i love that scene though i love that scene too it's one of those like goosebump scenes for me because like literally when I watched it back, I was just like, this is hook because <laughs> it's like literally Luke asks Leia, do you remember your mother? Yeah. And it's just like, this is ex- exactly the same as when Robin Williams is talking oh, to Thudbutt, yeah. release the Thudbutt cut hashtag. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, when he's talking to Thudbutt and they're talking about like my m- you know, my happy thoughts, my mother. <laughs> you you know, remember like, your mother, your mother Peter? Peter? It's exactly the same. Even the background's the same. It's like they could have yeah. used the same set. It looked like the Lost Boys hideout. Anyway. <laughs> well, to be fair, Hook was 10 years later, so. Yeah. If one is stealing from the other. No, yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, <laughs> although Spielberg was writing um, Hook early days, you know, him and Paul Hart back in the 80s. Exactly. This is about the same time. So we'll see. Who was stealing from who? Exactly. You know that George Lucas doesn't have any good ideas. 
<laughs> never, never had a good idea. <laughs> that thing actually had one of my favorite lines. I have it here. They used it for a lot of the teaser trailers when they started doing the new movie, but I always liked it. Like, you know, look, it's like, I have to go, you know, I shouldn't have come. Like Vader's after me and I'm just endangering the mission. I have to go face them myself. And if I don't come back, you're the only hope. And she's like, don't talk like that. You know, you know, I don't, you have a power I don't understand and could never have. And then he had the great line. You have that power too. The force is strong in my family. My father had it. I have it. And my sister had it. It's you, Leia. And it's just great. And she's like, yeah, somehow I've always known. And <laughs> she didn't. She clearly fucking didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great idea. But again, it leads to this. Like, they just cut. Like, obviously, Leia is an incredibly important character. And I love yeah. Leia. Mm. And Carrie Fisher. And she's so iconic. And she's so important to sort of feminist protagonists within science fiction and action and Hollywood in general. But, like, I still... I look back and I'm like, I just wish they did more with it. And like, even the new ones, they tried really, but they didn't go fully. And it's like, it opened up this idea that she could have been, she could have been trained in the ways of the Jedi. Yeah. And they play, they, I think they play that idea in some of the expanded books, which doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. If it's not in a movie, it doesn't count. Yeah. Just saying it just to lose any more fans. <laughs> Um, I just wish she did more. So like, it's kind of, it's such a big tease that moment. Yeah. So she's like, Oh, that's a really exciting idea. And there was, I know there was some ideas floating around early on about Luke having trained her already and her joining the fight at the end. And they just could have gone in so many directions. But for these movies, this is kind of as far as you go. They just weren't ready, I guess, at the time to not be assholes and pull the trigger and have like a badass woman <laughs> fighter. Like clearly pull the goddamn trigger. <laughs> Come on. Just stop being assholes. Why does she have to wear yeah. this horrible slave outfit? Just give her a fucking lightsaber. That's what everybody wants. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but with that, we're off to the death star. Yeah. Again, return of the yes. death. <laughs> this well, this death star, I'll have, you know, was approximately 460% larger than the first one. Ooh, okay. There you go. It wasn't complete, though. Yeah, it, doesn't, it wasn't complete. Millions of contractors died. But two yeah. things. I don't understand how you would build it in space. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of just ledges that just, like, drop off. It's just open holes. Shouldn't people be getting, like, stuck through it and stuff? Shouldn't you build it yeah. on the ground and then... Isn't it a shield? Launch it. I don't understand. It, it, it's yeah. just like a. It's just a. Does the shield like just go right? around it? Yeah. I don't know. It orbits the moon of Endor and it can it fire from there, right? Why don't they just attach this fucking gun, or whatever, <laughs> this fucking weapon? That's all it really is. It's a weapon. To one of those gigantic battleships or something. I don't. just don't get it. I mean, they did that in the new movie. Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking and about. And did like a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're called Star Destroyers for a reason, you know? Come on. Fair enough. Death Star, Star Destroyers. Um, prior to making the movie, Mark Hamill speculated that it would have involved Luke turning to the dark side, with the main conflict being generated by whether or not he would turn back. I mean, that's the T, that's the whole thing. That's yeah. The idea that they're playing with, that's why he went black. Yeah. Wearing dark clothes and the whole thing when he does 
finally spoilers stay with the light side or whatever his shirt like opens to reveal like a bit of white underneath the black <laughs> rope it's good costume design. <laughs> so yeah it's like the black hat white hat cowboy stuff yeah i really like this section of the movie this is what it gets kind of fun at this point for sure for me this, yeah this whole ending is done really well his relationship with vader up until this point is great him just turning himself in and like being able to read his father for the first time and being like you know you're your thoughts betray you, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like when the time comes, you'll, you know, give in and you turn to the dark side. They're both trying to do the same thing. And I mean, we're just getting into the final scene because I, I love it. And it's everything I love about Star Wars in one scene. This is probably the best fight, I would yeah. say, up until this point. It's, it's pretty badass really, when he kicks his ass down the stairs and Vader just kind of goes flying. It's kind of like it's kind of a nice mirror from the last movie because Vader does that yeah, to man. Luke, kicks him down some stairs. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, completely turned. Luke is way more powerful than Vader at this point, mm-hmm. kicking ass. And he goes in, he's not trying to fight him, but the Emperor is completely manipulating him. We haven't really talked about the Emperor in any of these movies, which just showed you how important he is. How overvalued he is in the character. He's never been that big of yeah. a deal to me. But um, we have a new, essentially, new. This is the first time we're really introduced to the character. He's only in like one scene in the first in Empire, and he's not even in yeah. the original. And this is um, Ian McDermott coming in and mm-hmm. playing the character. And he would he was originally cast as simply as the physical performer similar to David Prowse and Vader. Yeah. Um, this became evident to him when the producer told him that if he was unable to, if he was able to get his voice close enough to Clive Revels, who, who did the Emperor's voice in Empire Strike Back, Lucas would let him use his on-camera vocals in the final cut of the movie. Uh, McDermott felt he could conduct a stronger, more wicked and demonic voice for the Emperor as opposed to Revels' more aristocratic Emperor. Lucas and even Spielberg were so impressed with his take that ended up becoming a signature trait of the character. To the point where they went they've now gone back and re recorded all that. Now it's Ian McDermott in every one of those movies. It's always him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny when they like start fighting, like Luke and Vader start fighting and just Palpatine's mm. over there and he sort of reminds me of like James Dean from uh who plays Dracula and Decker versus Dracula for the own cinema fans out there. He's just yeah, like, yeah, man. Mm, good, good. <laughs> it's so that's fucking right. funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that scene is even funnier when you learn that the Emperor's chair was uh, mechanized so it could rotate when the scene called for it. However, the mechanism didn't work. So Ian McDermott had to make it, make it move by shuffling his feet. <laughs> a piece of tape on the floor told him when to stop so it would not be visible to camera. So it's really less imposing when you see him like turn to face Luke and Vader. And then you just realize it's just like, just get a fucking office chair, man. <laughs> <laughs> get an office chair and just like a little bit of string and just fucking yeah. pull it from the other side. Um, on, that's great. But again, he's not that imposing. He's just an old man in a fucking chair. Yeah, and he's um, yeah, obviously tricking Luke into fighting Vader, and like you said, we're cutting back and forth um, with 
it's like two other battles. We get the space battle, which again is called Lando returns in the Falcon and he comes to destroy the Death Star. And they realize it's, it's uh, what is that? It's a trap. It's a trap. Oh, yeah. Uh, Admiral, it's a trap. Akbar. Akbar. Here we go. Um, the original line was uh, it's a trick. <laughs> But this um, got really negative uh, reception during test screening, so they changed it to, to trap. <laughs> Not really weird. It's like the over nine thousand line from Vegeta. Oh, Vegeta! Yeah, like it the makes no level. sense why this line is so fucking popular. <laughs> like it's so fucking stupid, but it becomes a meme. Like, like it's a trap. Yeah. It's such a meme. Like, yeah. I don't know. Ugh. Ian McDermott's unusual voice way of speaking was uh, based off the Japanese method of acting of using the stomach to project yourself. There was no in a strange guttural croak that Lucas decided would be perfect for the character, obviously. Okay. That's why I get a lot of, Do it. <laughs> Do it. That's my impression of the Emperor. Luke, why don't you just tell Vader your secret that you know about the of you and your twin sister. <laughs> something, something dark. That he seems like show. he sounds like the. Uh, it actually looks like the like the dungeon master from the Dungeon of Doom, like Kevin Sullivan's like. Oh my god! Fucking over overlord or whatever, like in yeah, WCW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so Vader and Luke, they're kind of fighting. Emperor Palpatine's fucking loving it, right? And then Vader and Luke kind of stop fighting a bit. And Vader is like reading Luke's mind. And he's Mm. just like, oh, your twin sister. Dude. (laughs) Dude, that's your sister. And you made out with her. (laughs) And Luke's like, no. And it's like fucking bashing the shit out of him. And then again, mirroring oh, fucking that bit where he like really loses them and it's just slamming his lightsaber <laughs> down and Vader's like, <laughs> you finally see like the old man Vader is under the armor. Yeah. He's like literally like begging. <laughs> He's no. like on the floor. He looks so <laughs> pathetic. And he gets him. Did he cut his arm off or did he just throw away his lightsaber? I feel like he cut his arm off again. I don't know if he cut his arm off, but yeah, he definitely disarmed him. He disarmed oh, him. One oh, way or another. One way or another, he disarmed him. Take that one. Arms are flying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. It's a great moment. So it's Han and Leia down there, and they're surrounded by stormtroopers. And they're like basically ready to die. They're the They do the I love you, I know thing, and they're surrounded. Yeah, role reversal. Yeah. Exactly. It's nice. It's nice. Everything pays off. And Lando's walking into a trap in space because they haven't got the shield down yet. And then all of a sudden, fucking Ewoks show up. <laughs> Revenge of the Ewoks. And they take down all these fucking the robot camels with these elaborate, like, like tw- they look like giant toy sets. It's like, you know, they got the two wooden beams, like they come and smash the yeah. head. And they tie the fucking ropes around everything. And this is people's big bone of contention with this movie. It's like, this is completely unrealistic. It's like, I mean, you know, okay, but like at that whatever. point, <laughs> <laughs> we're like the third movie in, and you're talking about this isn't realistic. <laughs> right. We're way past that. Um, yeah. Again, I like it, but I can see where it 
that sort of comes from. And I'll get back into it later with Lucas, like sort of defending that theme. But anyway, all that's happening. But then you have the great moment, Lucan standing over Vader and he defeated his father and the Emperor's like, do it, kill him, take his spot and stand by my side and to t- together we'll rule the galaxy. And the, again, great line where Luke defiantly says, he's like, no, I won't strike him down. I am a f- Jedi, like my father before me. And I just love this idea that with despite all the power and knowledge Luke has gathered on his journey up until this point, it is his love and compassion for his father that saved the day. Yeah. And in that moment, it inspired Vader to become the father he never had in order to save his fam- family and the galaxy. And like the, and that's Star Wars. The whole thing is about that moment. It's about yeah. family and compassion and love and peace. And people don't want to hear that, especially now, because even the new movies forget that. Like they completely like miss the point of the ending. Like he doesn't kill Vader. It's not the point. I mean, it's again, it's that thing, the convenient, like the hero can't kill, but there's someone else there who will do it for them. Yeah. Cause the emperor has to die. And so Vader, yeah. well, emperor's like, fine, if you won't join me, then you will die. Um, <laughs> and does the, you know, sparkle fingers. Yeah. Does the force lightning. And again, and Luke's like, fucking freaking out on the floor and he's like father please come on (laughs) and then they do the big again really horrible addition they put in the no (laughs) from the fucking prequels into this moment where he picks up the emperor and throws him down the shaft I was laughing pretty hard at that yeah (laughs) how annoying and because again it's a great scene and it's an emotional scene and Vader is clearly in pain, like it's killing him. Yeah. Like you can see, like they're doing the cool skeleton effect. You can yeah, see yeah. Through his armor. <laughs> yeah. And he throws him down, and the emperor's dead, and the emperor never comes back. Never, he comes, never back. comes back. I don't know how someone so powerful that killed him, but whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, there's so many platforms in this universe that people have fall down, fallen down, you would think they were pretty good at, at, you know, not dying. I don't know. I mean, but then the Death Star blows up, so he's, like, dead twice. He died from the... Either he died from the fall or he died from the explosion. <laughs> but he's not the only one that dies. Yeah. I mean, again, real shit. It's really, like, tragic, sad stuff. So we get a new... A new cast member here because we get um, Darth Vader unmasking yep. finally um, and and uh, the unmasked Darth Vader is played by Bastion a white man. Shaw a white man obviously <laughs> it did remind me of Chasing Amy you know where he did that whole monologue about so what that movie's saying is deep down we all want to be white vader with his mouth mask off though dude i just thought he looked like zordon from power rangers the movie when zordon's dying 
He looks just like him. It's fucking nuts. Next week on the Patreon Cinecast. I'll do I'll I'll talk turbo with you. Turbo the Power Rangers movie? That's a good one. Shooting the scene of Darth Vader and unmarking the candles with so much secrecy that Sebastian Shaw was not even told what he would be doing until he arrived on the set. He was spotted by his old friend Ian McDermott, who played Emperor Palpatine, obviously. He asked Shaw what he was doing there, and Shaw answered, I don't know. They haven't told me anything about it except that it has something to do with science fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This, again, like Empire, uh, again, was treated with such... um, Secretly, fake scripts were distributed to some of the cast members that were considered likely to leak the information to the media, to basically the people who couldn't be trusted. Jesus. Do you know who had it? No, no, I didn't uh, specifically say, but some of these phony story elements were indeed leaked afterwards, um, such as Lando being revealed as the last hope for the Jedi mentioned by Obi-Wan and Yoda. What? Yeah. I mean, that could have been cool, but weird. But... But dude, I was looking into all the fan theories that were happening at the time. Now this is pre-internet, but they were, you know, doing the magazines and comic book circuits and people were writing letters to the studio and to Lucas because I seeing interviews. Um, Neither with Irvin Kirshner or Richard Marquand about all the fan theories at the time and if they played into Return of the Jedi. And he was like, no, some of them were absolutely ridiculous because it was you know, fans create these huge elaborate things that don't actually make sense in the story. Like there was a, a recurring theory that Boba Fett was, would be unmarked to be Luke's mother. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> but that's the thing of like, you know, they can't just take a character for a character or have to like mean something and be a tie into something in the background. But like, I like the idea of someone watching Return of the Jedi in 1983 and be like, bullshit, my idea would have been way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I exactly mean, what happens now. I mean, yeah. It's like you can go on YouTube and find people like booking WrestleMania, you know, better than WWE <laughs> could. So whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but you see you have people now that like they've spent two years on YouTube right, uh, making videos about particular like their fan theory and then they don't yeah. do it and they get pissed. It's like, not your movie, dude. Yeah. And, like, imagine if they made fucking Boba Fett his mother. That would have been so stupid. Even funnier, though, imagine if they, like, made Boba Fett his mother, but they, like, today just superimposed, <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, Natalie yeah. Portman over top. <laughs> oh, Padme. <laughs> oh. I know you. I totally recognize you, having only seen these three movies. Yeah. God damn Jesus it. Christ. Um Because you know where we're going. This ends. This whole story is wrapping up. Like I already said, they're on indoor again for some reason, having a party with the Ewoks. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's a fucked up bit as well. Like because they're like banging on the stormtrooper helmets. <laughs> you just know, like all of those people are dead. Like every single one of them are dead. And it's okay. They're just uh, weird clones. You find out later, so it's just, it's all it's all fine. Not these ones, John. Not these ones. Not these. Oh yeah, these are the nah. slaves that were taken. Exactly. From, these. Are, yeah. Some of them could be given, fine. just given names. You know, whatever they are. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a party. Yeah, they have a party. And it's preceded by a really nice moment where, yeah, like Vader is unmasked and Luke is definitely like the Death Star blowing up. They're obviously, they got the shield down and they hit the thing, hit the switch. I don't know, whatever. They hit the switch and they shot a beam into the thing and then blah, explosion. I don't really know what happened at the end. I fucking know um, out, to be honest. Yeah, you know now because it's not, yeah. again, like you said, it's not what you're paying attention to. Yeah. Um, but Luke is trying to get Vader onto the ship and he's like, no, dude, I'm dying. Like the the lightning like fucking fried my circuit. I'm done. Um, and he takes no. off the bar. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like that moment. I just wanted to talk about it where he's like, you know, like I have to get you out of here. Like, you know, I have to save you. And he's like, you already have. Yeah. Like you were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. And he still carries him. And they go back to Andorra. And again, it's a lovely moment. I wish they would do it more. This like this ritualistic funeral where they burn the body. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really lovely image, like Luke just standing in front of it. And he completely, he finished his return, like completely. Could he return to his, house, to his home, Tatooine, and he returned to his family, and he brought it all back, and he found balance between his new and his old life. And he sort of saying goodbye to his father. And, but why didn't Vader disappear? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. Do you know what I mean? D- is is his helmet on when he's burning? Yeah, because it could just be a suit, or maybe it's because he went on the dark side. It's sort of like, but he can't. Look, don't, but the logic, you don't, you don't get to lose your body. You know? Yeah, but, but okay, but but okay, but they're celebrating, and you know, Ewoks celebrating um, the parties on all different planets. It's like a montage. So again, it's lovely. All of the characters sat around together. It's great image. And then fucking Luke looks back. And who pops up? It's Yoda, Obi-Wan, and then... Hayden Christensen! Fucking <laughs> Hayden Christensen shows up. This, like, and I'm, nothing against Hayden Christensen. But why did do they do this? this? It, why did they do that? Because the original, I've seen the original, it's Sebastian Shaw, obviously. Yeah. And it's, and it's very clear that it was the man you saw unmasked <laughs> right at the end. Just obviously without fucking scars and shit. He got like his hair back and he got the Jedi robe and it's a really nice moment. But this one, if you're watching this for the first time <laughs> and you should be watching it in this order, you shouldn't watch it prequel first. You should watch it the original first. And you're going to get to this moment and be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> what? Who's this young guy? And Hayden Christensen, when filming that, didn't know that's what he was filming. Oh, God. And 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 Lucas didn't really give him any direction. And Hayden Christensen said later, like, if I knew what I was doing, I would have probably played it a little bit differently. <laughs> he just kind of, he does like a cheeky smile. and Yeah, I'm, I'm like keen to talk about those films just because of how horrible Hayden Christensen is <laughs> in those films. <laughs> but is it his fault? Because I would say George, no. George Lucas is obviously isn't the greatest writer and what? <laughs> obviously isn't and the director. greatest director. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back doing both. 
No, yeah, exactly. Oh, it just it really frustrates me. It's like mm. that this this change and all the fucking Jabba Palace edition are like my mutated special edition like CGI touch up. Like I really don't yeah. I think they actively detract from the movie. Could the logic Lucas had when he made when he did that is that well in Anakin Trent you know, transitioning from into the afterlife, he returned to the last point in his life where he was good. Yeah. Which would have been young Hayden Christensen. But he also turned right at the end, at the end of his life. So that's what he should look like. He saved Luke and saved the galaxy. He's the hero. Like that's the great thing about, I mean, this trilogy is Luke's story. But with the prequel, the whole thing invaded story. And it's yeah. a wonderful tragedy you get to see played out. Like, say what you will about the prequel, they're a complete story told really well. There's just a lot of fucking shit happening in front of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I really, it still bothered me. It like, because I love the ending. I love the just ending with a big party. Um, and like, it just it feels like a really happy way to go out, and I feel like it, it didn't. It's the best way for it to go out. But it, then he turned around and sees them, and it's like, all right, like it takes me. It really takes me out of the movie. Yeah, it doesn't need to be there. I don't get it. And I'm just again it like it makes you harp on the fact of like why aren't ghost Jedi's just appearing more often and actually helping people out instead of just appearing at like really random moments. Like when it's obvious it might be too late, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whatever the most convenient way for them to show up and give you information that's only beneficial in hindsight. Yeah. It's called Deus Ex Machina. Um, you know, very Deus Ex Machina. It's a fucking plot device used by people who have writer's block. And there's no way around it. <laughs> and it's also how we get a lot of uh, Mary Sue's and all that sort of stuff happening in films. So, I mean, Luke is a Mary Sue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that, we made it. John, we yeah. made it. We did, but there's one thing that happened before we have to end the actual film part of this before you go okay. forward. Okay. Because... We're not done with this whole story about Luke, Leia, and Han. So Leia tells Han, you know, that like she loves him and he's like, Oh, are you sure about that? Because I mean, like you and you and Luke and stuff. And she's like, No, I mean, you know, like Luke, I love him. Of course I love him. You know, he's my brother. And Han's sort of like, dude. That's your sister. <laughs> In scene. That's how they should have finished that film like that. I mean, that's exactly uh, like Harrison Ford. That's exactly what he played. In face, it's just like, what? Yeah, he's like, damn, dude. And that's Leia, your sister. It's like, uh. and yeah. Leia just like, it's- shut up and kiss me. <laughs> okay. And then with Sorry. that, we have, no, with that, we have. In my humble opinion, one of the best trilogies in cinema history. In cinema and history. And that's the end. That's the end. We're done. What do you think? We're, we're done. We're done. What do you... Um, 
I think. I mean, we'll get into the aftermath just, anyway, but like. Yeah. Looking back, now that we've done them all, looking back, how do you feel about the original Star Wars series? I mean, they're like fun. Uh, I feel like they're. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still. I still like, you know, watching them through. It make it made me like I think I I got like myself hyped into them again a few years back when you know there was a lot of hype for these new films coming out and stuff and it was like cool like you know you know let's get into this but now after seeing those new films and how they're just obviously going to keep continuing to do them and it's just like Disney galore blah 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 and then watching these films again after the fact. And then also having to deal with the fact that we're dealing with uh, a lot of added special effects that weren't there the first time I watched them and stuff. <laughs> so yeah. it's just not the same. But also, I just know it doesn't matter. Like for me, they're they're fun, they're fine, it whatever. Matter. I don't, I don't think like they're the greatest films ever. But I can appreciate you know people who like absolutely love them. And I, there, it's like crazy. I love like any sort of like ridiculous lore and building and all that. Yeah. Mythology. Like those. Yeah. Mythologies, all that. Like, and I, I'm not the biggest like Lord of the Rings fan, but I can get into them watching them, particularly that first film, the first like quarter of the film is really fun because you just get in there and the Shire and all that, you know, it's really fun. And it's sort of like that with this series. It's just like, you can get in. There's a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of stupid shit to be had. There's a lot of really cool <laughs> yeah. stuff and there's a lot of really horrible things, <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, it's classic. It's a classic it's thing. I see why it's so popular, but it's not like my favorite thing in the world and it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think anyone's going to like, you know, shout at me for not being a fan anymore. <laughs> We're going to burn you at the stake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've watched them all and, I appreciate, like, I think that a very, I think you have such a healthy, good way of looking at these movies. Either way, because I love these movies, but I can, I can detach. Like, yeah. you know, they don't, it doesn't affect me as much as most people. I like engaging in it and I like discussing it and I'm open to change and interpretation and I want people to fuck with the formula and I want to see new stories told in that world, not just telling the same stories over and over again. Yeah. So, like, just going back to these three and it's the to the originals and it's the most pure version of the story. It's so handmade and kind of shit and kind of charming and so a product of the seventies and eighties and it's so defining of the time and pop culture at large for so long. And I just I have so much fun. I love the characters. I love the world. I like everything about it i like even the bad stuff that's why like even the ewok they've grown on me so much like i've gone through that journey like watching this as a kid and being like <laughs> oh they're cute and they're fun and i like seeing them running around to being a teenager being like god the ewok's stupid to now being a grown-up and learning that none of this matters to being like oh they're quite yeah. fun and yeah they're fun <laughs> it's not and like i said i think in the original in the first star wars episode every trilogy hasn't crossed a bear and yeah. i think this is yeah pretty the like the best one the easiest one to carry yeah um like i'm yeah. down with the ewok um you just mentioned um lord of the rings and i wanted to ask since we just finished the trilogy what are some of your favorite trilogies 
<sighs> ah, Karate Kid. The hard one. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, it's Back to the Future. Obviously, it's great. Um, great. The Matrix trilogy sucks. The Dollars trilogy, <laughs> even though it's yeah, not really good. a trilogy. We were talking about yeah. Oh, Evil Dead. How about that? Evil Dead one Evil and two, an Army of Darkness, solid trilogy. But yeah, those That's are great. Um, all trilogy kind of, I feel kind of uh, ape the story of the Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. and that you have the original funky, full of potential sort of thing. Not quite there in terms of characterization, but it's cool. And then the second one. Like really expand it to write and take storytelling to new heights, make it usually darker and longer. Yeah, whatever. And then the third one usually stumbles in trying <laughs> yeah. to then tie up every all the sort of plot points that they've been, you know, throwing down in the last two movies. Yeah, because it's a three act play. That's why trilogies work. The three act structure that played over three movies. And so, like, the trilogies I think of all have that for their own different reasons. Like, Back to the Future is a great one. The same thing. Original is great. I love the second one. The second one really goes for it. It becomes really trippy and out there with the future setting. And I love the third one. I think the third one ties all the movies together really well. But it feels like such a step backwards to go into the Old West after what they had just done. So it... It's always, I think that one's underrated. Mm. Sometimes it's different. Like The Matrix is like one good movie and then two, yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, Not a fan and the, of... And the prequels stuff. and sequels to this have their own journey and their own reasons for doing so. Yeah. And I thought that was just that was interesting. I, this is one of my favorite. Lord of the Rings I don't really like, but I appreciate that that's yeah. a really remarkable achievement at the trilogy. Yeah. It's there's a lot going against that, and it's like understandable. But I mean, it's it's like really fucking creative. I never really got into like Game of Thrones. I'm sure, yeah. like, I'll find some elements of like there's some really creative lore there. You know, like mythology. It's really cool. Like, but yeah. it's like I'm not going down that route. <laughs> he talks to it. I don't think. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm too busy. Yeah. Return of the Jedi was released on May 25th, 1983, six years to the day of the release of the first film. The movie grossed $374 million during its initial run, making it the highest grossing movie of 1983. Um, And that's not even including, it made like another 200 million on just it, on the re-release. It'd be re-released several times over the next couple years, like the last two movies. The movie had a massive worldwide marketing campaign. And I only mention that because I feel like we haven't mentioned him yet, but um, sort of the unsung hero behind a lot of these movies we've been talking about, Drew Struzan, the illustrator who did the posters, yeah, which are just as iconic as this movie. He did Hook and he did all the Star Wars movies and he did um, Indiana Jones and all that. Shout out to... Uh, uh my my pal Petros over at uh, the uh, Caged In podcast actually sent me a yeah. a DM through Twitter and was just like showed me this tweet that had like the hook poster and the Goonies poster. It was done by this and same guy, and yeah. he's just done everything. 
incredible illustrator. But yeah. No, Jutra is incredible. If this is the first time you're hearing of it, just search his name. There's been documentaries made about him. He's amazing. And again, it's one of those, when I think of Darwood, I think of the poster and I think yeah. of him. Um, he's really important to sort of iconography behind the whole thing. Um, Return of Jedi received mostly positive reviews and even earned a Special Achievement Academy Award for visual effects, which I think it's very Uh-oh. earned. But it is considered the weakest of the three movies, with even some contemporary fans and critics comparing it to the prequels, which I think Ooh. is ridiculous. I don't yeah. think it's any, it doesn't, the prequels don't touch Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because the thing that's funny is that like, even the prequels have merit at times like certain things are really cool like obviously pod race mm-hmm. pod racing is fucking badass it's like really fucking cool <laughs> i still think it's cool yeah. but you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't think it sits as like low as some of those films are like they're just really bad yeah. and boring like this film isn't boring like yeah. by any means like even the ewoks are silly like it, they're not boring it's they're very boring, fun though. it moves it moves really fast uh there's not much that really made me like, you know, zone out or anything. Um, whereas the prequels have so much of that political side that is so fucking boring and it makes no sense. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, man, just get on with that. I don't care about the trade embargoes. <laughs> <laughs> I re- well, I hope, I mean, even if people don't want us to do it, I think we'll end up doing it. Um, <laughs> but I, but please let us know because, yeah. you know, I've I've had fun doing these movies. Yeah, it's been very fun. Um, I'm actually open to it more now after completing it. Yeah, doing this yeah. doing this lot. I felt like the Empire Strikes Back was surprisingly a bit of a lull in the thing. Maybe because we felt like oh, we're only halfway. But this one, yeah. it's just a really fun movie to get through. Um, but anyway, yeah. Sorry, what I was saying is that um, with the critical reaction, many there are many of the set pieces like we were saying are highly regarded the jab of the heart sequence, the speeder bike chase and the confrontation between Luke and Vader. The battle on Endor, like I was saying, is the most contentious with fans really believing that Lucas was just pushing the cutesy fact of the Ewoks making the film more marketable for children. But yeah. hey, Star Wars, like Wu-Tang Clan, it's for the children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it ain't nothing to fuck with. Exactly. So get it right, George Lucas. Stop fucking with them. Exactly, and I'm gonna set my tone back into the political side of things. Like I was saying, some people consider it a little too unbelievable that a primitive race, small creatures, could take down the empire, while others would credit the Ewoks' bravery, ingenuity, and determination, and drew comparisons between modern warfare, in which familiarity with the terrain and guerrilla tactics can result in the defeat of a numerically and technologically superior force. Vietnam. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what he was saying. Lucas was creating an allegory for conflict such in Vietnam in which a large technical empire is going after a group of freedom fighters. And that's Star Wars again. You know why people don't get it, though? Why? That people don't get it because in America, this is probably where you're getting all these fucking people saying that like it's not believable. Mm. But they actually like the smell of their own shit and fart. <laughs> And they think that they aren't the bad guy. 
you know. And I'm oh. an American. We're the bad guys. I mean, come on, look at the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to ban TikTok now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that Trump's trying to ban TikTok because it's the only thing that's really something he has no control over, and it is like dismantling over. his fucking campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's my that was my point. I think. It's such of a bone I pick when people attack the new movie for being political or diverse or whatever. Yeah. People are deliberately misreading the original when they say that because originals have always been political. Yeah. Even if they're not overtly political. Um, that was clearly something Lucas was tying into. This is the 70s. This is exactly what was happening like at the time in America. And of course, that would be feeding into it. Like Apocalypse Now is a huge influence on the movie, as well as all like Hidden Fortress and stuff. And those were always the storylines in there. Yeah. So it's just ridiculous to say otherwise. Though it had always been political, I'm glad it's still political. Um, and I just look at the prequel. I mean, that they're of they're in your face. About <laughs> yeah. They're like they're literally too political. <laughs> they're, they're too political, but they tell you systematically how. Democracy can turn into a dictatorship. It's literally in the rise of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Told as a children's story. That's like the shit that fascinates me about Star Wars that Luke was able to do. But anyway, people were right about the Ewok in that they were just a marketing tool for children. <laughs> because there were two, I didn't even know. I, I, I kind of, because I was just thinking the holiday special, but there were two made for TV movies. Yeah. 1984's Caravan of Gar- Courage. Yeah. I was going to say Caravan of Garbage, which is an excellent series <laughs> on YouTube. If anyone hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, and 1985 Ewoks, The Battle of Endor, The Battle for Endor. And there was even an animated series for ABC, which yeah. ran from 85 to 87. Do you remember any of these? Did you watch I, any of these? I uh, didn't watch any of them, but I've like, I know of them, uh, partly just because of like, just, you know, searching through bullshit on the internet and you'll find stuff like so you know you start to learn about all the other random weird star wars extra bullshit and it comes up a lot apparently they were right yeah like i've seen the i've seen like images of them i know there's like the the kids are in it and stuff and then there's like well i've seen bits of the cartoons as well so i mean i'm I'm familiar with it but it was like obviously a little bit before my time so Mm -hmm. by the time i was a kid they were off the air so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's all that's all that came of it that was, was done and they laid it to rest and you know what it was really yeah. really cool the way they Is treated that? it you know it's it like they really you know there's been some toys and t-shirts and stuff you know i'm rocking one representing yeah. you know new hope and it was cool could like it was so a moment in time and you know that magic could never be replicated and no Absolutely. one ever tried to do that so you know, we can just just never do it again. We we'll just never do it again, and it's, it's fine. <laughs> we're done. I'm done. done. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah. Fucking, he won't done. I'm done. But that's it. That's the Star Wars trilogy. I want to ask you your favorite, but I'm gonna do it through this next bit. Okay, there's another um, bit. Eh? There's another bit, and uh, in keeping with tradition, we're gonna do a little quiz, a little game, and this time we have a name. Uh-oh. We have a name. <laughs> Here so we ladies go. And, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Jedi Egghead. 
our guest tonight and host of the world-famous Podshaw Cinecast, Jonathan Foster. Come on down. Yay! Thanks for having me, Phil. How you feeling, John? A little bit nervous. I didn't know. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> now, in my hand, I have five questions. Answer each one of them correctly, or at least some of them correctly, and you could win yourself one of our three magnificent prizes. First up for grabs is Luke Skywalker's hand recovered from the trash piles of Cloud City. Second is your very own Astromech droid. Look at all that processing power. And last but not least, it's an all-expensive paid vacation into the Sarlacc pit. Well, that doesn't sound like a vacation. Let's get started, John. This episode's already too long. First question. What was the original title for Return of the Jedi? Is this what you said already? Revenge of the Jedi. Maybe. Is that your final answer? Yeah, go for it. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. A trick question. The original title for Return of the Jedi was Return of the Jedi. Ah, you bastard. It was later changed to Revenge because Lawrence Kant then thought it was a weak title. And then in, in the lead up to release, George Lucas believed it was too sort of violent of a name that a Jedi wouldn't want revenge. So he changed it back to Return of the Jedi. And then would use the idea for Revenge of the Sith. But apparently the real reason is that um, Star Trek II was coming out. And the original title for that was The Vengeance of Khan. Oh, okay. And so one was too similar. They ended up both changing their titles, but (laughs) there was sort of a conflict there, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What does the TIE in TIE Fighter stand for? The T-I-E. What does it stand for? Man, I'm not (laughs) going to get any of these right. Oh, not that right. (laughs) No idea. I mean, neither did I before looking it up. Twin Ion Engine. Ooh. Probably pissed off a lot of fucking... I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine there's some fucking people that might be listening to this. Like, oh, God. I could have got that. I could have got that. Engine. Oh. <laughs> so obvious. Um, how many times did the word Ewok said in Return of the Jedi? Zero. Bang, you got it. That's another trick one. Yeah, nobody... Said Ewok. No one says it. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And yet we all know one an Ewok is. Yeah, it's weird. Like, cause, yeah, because like the only one that would have been close to even knowing would be C-3PO. But he doesn't. Yeah. He just said something about them speaking a prono dialect. Exactly. Which is racist towards Filipinos now, <laughs> apparently. Apparently, and Russian. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? This is the only Star Wars movie where Vader, I mean, all the Star Wars movies Vader had appeared in, is the only movie where Vader doesn't choke someone. Hmm. Uh. False. It's true. Okay. There was, there was a scene <laughs> I mean it's 50-50 and you got it wrong um, <laughs> there was a scene with Vader choking an Imperial officer but it was cut and George Lucas felt that he probably had already made the point 
in the locked in <laughs> movie. Like we we get it. Uh, I think no. that would have made the film better, but yeah. that's just me. I like I like Vader choking out people with his Jedi mind powers. It's great. Yeah, good cool. good good shit. Now, this is the your final question, and I hope you don't get it because I didn't know it, and it's a fun little fact. The composer for this movie was the one and only John Williams, who also did Hook. Yeah. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of which AE pop rock band? He wrote the lyrics for the Ewok song for this movie. Yeah, he also wrote... Oh, no, he wrote a song for uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. And it was just funny because he, you know, his father was not in working (laughs) with Spielberg in Twilight Zone, the movie, but I left that bit of trivia out that his son was a part of it. And I don't know what band he's in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) great. Uh, like one hit wonder, like I mean, it's not fair. They had a few tunes, but they have one big eighty song. It's at every disco party. It's been memed to death. You know this song? Is is he Rick Astley? <laughs> no, fuck. No, Joseph Williams is the lead singer of Toto. Toto Africa. Yeah, Africa. Really? I feel really bad that yeah. I don't know that, but I feel like maybe that actually makes me cooler because <laughs> I, I don't know the lead singer Toto's. Name, right. Well, you can pretend all you want, and I know. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you specifically <laughs> gave me that question, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! You got all and or some of those right. Did you get any of them right? You got two. You got one of those, one. right? <laughs> uh, one out of five. That's like half. That's fine. Now here's your chance to win one of those wonderful prizes I was telling you about. Now, in front of you, John, you have three doors, each with the name of an original Star Wars movie. We have A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Behind each of those doors is a prize. Which prize, and by proxy, which Star Wars movie is your favorite, it's up to you. Jonathan, your future awaits. Pick a door. Oh, goddamn. Alright, so... <laughs> the first one's pretty cool. The second one is not as good as everyone says. <laughs> the third one is kind of fun with the Ewoks. I don't really care. It's kind of fun, but I'm gonna go with EOG, New Hope. It's it's probably like I don't know. It's probably the best one. <laughs> it's the most classic. Oh yeah, it's the Sarlacc pit. Boy, am I jealous! Oh no! I hope you got your bags packed and said goodbye to your loved ones because you're in for a bumpy fucking ride. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to go. You go. No. Is that Brian De Palma? <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today, folks. Please join us next week on Jedi Egghead, where we're going to find out how many Ewoks it takes to ruin a franchise. <laughs> it's going to be more fun than Lando's post-rehab party. Until then, may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>